Amen. Thank you, ladies and young ladies. Appreciate that so much. Titus chapter number two, if you want to join me there. Titus chapter number two. Uh, that's the kind of song that pulls on the heartstrings, doesn't it? And uh, great meaning, great truth, and thankful for that. Titus chapter number two, if you'll join me there. If you're a visitor, we'd love for to have you grab a copy of the Scriptures there in front of you in the back of a pew. As we get into God's Word for today, it is themed around Mother's Day, as you can imagine, and uh, uh, entitled simply, Mothers, the Guardians of the Home. And uh, we'll explain uh, the terminology used here and how it is biblical, derived from the Bible, and so forth. Uh, however, uh, for the last few Mother's Days, it seems, Father's Days off and on, I, for some reason, I, I always seem to share some funny statements or funny uh, antidotes, uh, antidotes, I should say, uh, about uh, mothers and parenting and so forth, so I just thought I'd kind of keep that going, and with a few thoughts, just a merry heart doeth good like a medicine, and so on this special day for mothers, it's good to reflect on some of the funnier aspects about it. One statement I like is this, um, it's spicy, is a universal parent code to a small child for I'm not sharing. I find that funny because I actually employ that a lot, and uh, kids look on my plate, they want what I have, just say it's too spicy, <laughs> spicy. Police officer was asked, what would he do if he had to arrest his own mother? His reply, I'd call for backup. Smart man. I like this piece of advice, and probably some of us boys have heard this from our mothers, or you've heard your wife say it to your boys. It's simply this, a mother to a son, I'm warning you, if you fall out of that tree, break both of your legs, don't come running to me. Hmm. Good luck on that one. How about this one? And uh, a, a mother made this statement. I think this is probably apropos. Uh, waking up your children for the first school day after break is nearly as much fun as childbirth itself. And uh, good statement, right? Describing moms, their amazing ability. I love this statement. The amazing ability to hear a sneeze through three closed doors in the middle of the night, three bedrooms away, while daddy snores next to you. And uh, the ability of mom to hear a crying child or baby, whatever the case may be. Uh, speaking of that, I like the statement. Raising a family is part overwhelming joy and part guerrilla warfare. And uh, yeah, that's probably a little bit descriptive. Yeah, amen. Um, I like this one too. Crying is weird. At 3 p.m., it's almost cute. At 3 a.m., it's like having an angry Viking sandpaper the inside of your skull. And. You have a crying child at home, you know what that sounds like or feels like at 3 o'clock in the morning. Last but not least, a daughter asked her mom this simple question and thinking of herself, Mom, what's it like to have the greatest daughter in the world? Mom simply said, I don't know, dear. Go ask your grandma. I like it. It's good. You can use that today, moms. <laughs> Go ask your around. Well, today we certainly want to recognize and celebrate moms. Uh, I, I, I don't, it's not empty saying uh, when we say that uh, you help to make the world go round. And whenever a Mother's Day comes along, obviously as a preacher, and, uh, uh, but also as a husband and a father, I like to think of the different mothers of the Scriptures. And many of them, many of them, boy, what an impact and influence they had. In their children's lives. I think of Jochebed and Moses. I think of Mary and Jesus and his siblings. As we know, several of his siblings even served the Lord afterwards in churches and so forth. And what an impact. I think of, obviously, Hannah and Samuel, Elizabeth and John the Baptist, uh, Samson, his mother who's unnamed. And boy, there's just so many others. And on this day that we celebrate mothers of the past, celebrate mothers today, it's 
Boy, it helps us to be reminded of the great role that you play in your children's lives. Now, I'll say to everyone, there is much that you and I can glean, though this message is geared towards uh, mothers and uh, ladies as a whole, really. Um, There's much for you and I to glean in our own roles, in our own calling that God has given us. And yet, we highlight mothers today. I I think one of the keys to moms and what you do, and I think this is obviously the focus of the message this morning, is simply this. You, You protect the hearts and home of your families. Can I put it this way? I think we often forget, or maybe we overlook, the strong role you play as a mother in what you truly are, what you do. You, you are a protector. You protect. You guard diligently the family, especially your children. You have a huge impact in that way. Uh, you, let me, my clicker has stopped for some reason. You might have to help me back there. Thank you so very much. There's the simple statement. You know, even nature demonstrates this. Jesus Christ, in one of the analogies that he used, uh, he, he made the simple statement that um, like a hen that gathers her chicks unto her and hides basically the picture of hiding them under a ring. For what? Protection. That's what mothers do. You, you protect, you guard, you, you are in that defense mode at times and, and, and such. And that is a great trait and role you play. There's also really a biblical mandate about that. This is what I find interesting. We often uh, miss that, that this is a biblical mandate for mothers to be that protector, that guardian of the home. Look here in Titus chapter 2, if you will, with me. Titus chapter 2, we look in verse Three, we've been in this passage before. Notice what it says. The aged woman, likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things. In verse four, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, and that the word of God be not blasphemed. It's a great statement. Okay? And a great description of it. We've been here before, we've studied it, and so forth. I draw your attention to that simple phrase, keepers at home. Now often we'll take this statement and we will apply it to the domestic responsibilities of overseeing a house. And certainly that's here. And Proverbs chapter 31 really describes a virtuous woman who does such things. And boy, she runs the household well. She is a, she's a credit to her family, to her husband and such. Proverbs 31 speaks of that in that domestic aspect. And that is certainly spoken of here. But there's actually a deeper meaning to it in the original Greek. You see, the two Greek words that are um, uh, translated into this phrase are literally this, guard and dwelling. Guard and dwelling. I would liken it this way. Many of you who know the medieval ages, we, we love uh, castles. I, I love the medieval ages. I have castles in my office and swords and knights and all that good stuff. And if you know anything, there's often a term used for part of the castle or sometimes it was used to describe the entire castle or a place of protection like a castle. It was often called the keep, the keep, place of protection, a, a, a place of safety to go to. And so, boy, when we read this statement here, that moms, in fact, it's supposed to be taught generationally from Scripture, from older moms to younger moms, to be keepers at home. It literally has the idea to guard your dwelling, to guard your home. Now, I don't believe that's God saying we need a women-only militia, amen? Though many of the women here would do a fine job at that, I'm sure. 
That's not what it's talking about. It doesn't mean that you're the first one to take up guns and defend your home, though if that's necessary, I think you have a, a right to do so constitutionally, okay? But I don't think that's what it's saying. I don't think that that's the, the impetus here. Here's what I do believe. We are well aware that in the world in which we live, we are in great spiritual warfare. There is a great battle taking place, and it is a battle for the hearts and futures of our children. The hearts and futures of our children. My friend, could I tell you, especially you mothers, you stand in the forefront, as do fathers, certainly. Much of this would certainly apply likewise. These battles rage hot and heavy for the heart of every home and the heart of the children in there. We are under constant attack of Satan in this world, and you, mom, you're called to stand guard over your children's hearts and souls next to your husband over the dwelling place of your family so that the damaging and corrupting influences do not creep in. Let's be honest this morning. We are in an amazing, alarming, exciting time in the world in which we live. Things are happening left and right and uh, nationally, internationally. Things are setting up for Jesus Christ's return. And through this all, you and I are enduring a time when we're seeing that, guess what's under attack? Marriages. The home. Any definition of the family unit is allowed uh, and so forth. And the very definition of all of these things are being challenged and questioned. In that, you see, uh, why is, and we've seen it, why is marriage being attacked? Uh, Well, we are told that the commitment that it necessitates is no longer necessary. It's passe. Family unit. Well, it can be whatever you want it to be. I've got news for you. God has not changed his definition of a family. God has not changed it. Nor his idea of what a family is. Look with me, if you will, to Mark chapter 10. This is crucial for you and I to understand. If God has given, as called moms, given them the role to be the guardians of the home. Look at Mark chapter 10, if you will, with me. Mark chapter 10. Look at verse 6 and following. Notice what Jesus Christ himself, God himself says, and he gives us a good statement here in Mark chapter 10, verse 6, 9. We, we would call this the beginning of the family, the beginning of the home as Christ himself describes it. Notice what he says, Mark chapter 10, and verse 6 and following. But from the beginning of creation, okay, so this is the start of everything. God, who is the creator, he made them male and female. Verse 7, for this call shall a man leave his father and his mother and cleave to his wife. And they twain shall be one flesh. So then they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, God has made a a family. God has joined together, let no man put asunder. My, what a statement. Okay, so what's God's design for the family? Well, number one, it starts with the marriage of a man and a woman, male and female. Created he them. That was how it was intended to be by the creator ever since the Garden of Eden. Why? The purpose behind that is the fulfillment of each other's lives. Young people, get it, understand it now. Marriage is not uh, something that is entered into lightly. It is not something that is just something we do. It's not just tradition. God has created it to be a means of fulfilling one another's lives. That's God's purpose behind it. And you see, friend, it leads to the establishment of a family in which two people are committed themselves to each other for life. It's a sacred covenant. It's not entered into lightly, but it's entered into to accomplish the purposes of God in one's life. 
interestingly, we would tie obviously to this, the command and blessing, blessing given to mankind at least two different times in Genesis. And even by their context, it is clear that it is to all of humanity, be fruitful and multiply. Not division, addition, subtraction. Be fruitful and what? Multiply. And so now we see the next step. And I believe it's a command, and it really is a blessing. Uh, the fruit of the womb is the blessing of God. We understand that. It still holds for humanity today. And if God blesses a family, a man and a, and a wife. Now listen to me. Here's the key. What is a family unit? A husband and a wife, a, a man and a woman are put together by God, brought together in a sacred covenant. A family is established. If God chooses to bless that relationship and that family unit to expand it, Guess what? Your responsibility expands in like manner. So as you have children, as God blesses in that way, as a wife becomes a mother, that keeper of the home title, it takes on even more importance. You see, you have a responsibility to be a home or a guardian of the home, excuse me, in some specific ways. What does that look like? Well, moms, you could certainly do better than I at doing this. There's no doubt in describing what that looks like. But let me just encourage you biblically, what I can share with you, what does it look like to be a guardian of the home as the mothers in this building and all mothers are called to be? Number one, uh, we would understand that you must be on guard to ward off the influence and infiltration of Satan uh, and the world with their anti-God philosophies, values, and beliefs. Okay, let me repeat that. Let's think on that a moment. To be on guard, that guardian, to be on guard, to ward off the influence, the infiltration of Satan and the world with all of its anti-God philosophies, values, and beliefs. That is part of being a guardian of the home. That is part of the keeper of the home, protecting, uh, watching over. Can I remind you what First uh, Peter chapter 5 and verse number 8 says? We know it well. Be sober. Be vigilant. Boy, moms need to be vigilant, don't they? Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And then we'd add to that First John chapter 2 and verse 16. It simply says this, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. So here we go. We got two enemies. We got two descriptions for us biblically. Okay, well, first of all, we got Satan, who is like a roaring lion. Okay? He, he's stalking. He, he is trying to search. And as we know, what a lion would do, and we've talked about it before many times, in nature, in the physical world, uh, they'll, they'll skirt around the herd. They'll find the weak and the young. They'll try to separate them. And can I tell you right now, you know what the devil wants to do? wants to separate every child from a Christian home. He wants to get them away from the guardian, the protectors, the mom, the dads that are protecting and, and guarding their heart and their soul. And I'll tell you, the devil wants to separate them. But boy, have you ever watched like a national, I date myself, National Geographic, okay, or something like that, and uh, uh, where they show these things and you watch what's happening in nature. What typically happens in that herd? There, there's a young, and I think I've seen uh, of elephants and so forth, and the mama elephant is there, and boy, that mama elephant will fight off that lion. They'll bring that little, that baby elephant and stand in front of it and move it around with <laughs> her trunk. She'll push him and, and everything else, getting the baby out of the way, protecting it from the lion. Now, can I tell you listen that is a great picture of what christian moms must do in the home you take those children oh no, that's a bad influence no no don't listen to that no 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 let's protect you the devil wants to get you no let's not man boy moms don't you have to be vigilant 24 7 don't you always enter working in, in effort 
spending energy to protect the hearts. And there's also that enemy inside, that old nature, right? So you're fighting that in them, and you're correcting, you're, you're chastening, you're uh, instructing in righteousness and so forth. It's a responsibility. It's part of your role, your God-given role. Listen, listen. The laundry, the dishes, cooking is not nearly as important as guarding your children's hearts. Housework, great. Everybody pitch in and do it. Not nearly as important as guarding the hearts of your children. It's your responsibility. You're a keeper at home. Goes well beyond the domestic responsibilities that our world keeps pushing on. No, no, no. Guard the hearts. The world is there, and boy, Satan not only would love to win the hearts of your children, devour them, the world is there trying to woo your children away from the teaching of God and his word. You know what 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 the world wants to do? Listen, don't miss it. The world, even in context of 1 John and 1 John 2, you know what the world wants to do? wants to convince your children that the world, that itself, is innocent. There's nothing wrong with the world and its philosophies, its values. And the world is working overtime. The culture that is anti-God is working overtime to convince them, look, we're the good guys. We're okay. We're not that bad. We're not as bad as the Bible says. We're not as bad as your parents say. We're okay. And if the world can convince your children that the world is innocent, guess what the next step? Your children becomes acquaintances with the world. And as your children become acquaintances with the world, you know what the world convinces? It's okay to be friends with the world. And my friend, you know what the passage says and what the Bible says? To be friends with the world is to be what? Enmity with God, an enemy of God. Isn't it amazing how the world just wants to woo and lure and, and just yeah, throw out that trap just to bring your children into their thinking, their philosophies, their values. Boy, we are on overdrive in our nation of a world trying to tell us that this word is wrong. That what God says is, no, 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 we can change that. We can make it what we want it to be. We can change it to our desires, our likes. We can convince, no, no, it's okay. That's passe. That's old. That's archaic. Don't believe it, children. And moms, would you understand, you've got to guard against that. Dads, you have to guard against it. That's our responsibility, our privilege, the task, the role that you and I have been given. Moms, you spend a good deal of time, I understand, in having to root out the little seeds of the world in the hearts and heads of your children. You need to work to help them to resist uh, with the world, to see the world for what it is. The enemy of God, as even the passage here said, that those things are of the world. It's not of the Father. I like what First Peter 5, 8 said, right? Be sober, be vigilant. Uh, the devil, even as a roaring lion. Okay, the next verse, verse 19, you know what the instruction is? And I love it. It says this, wherefore, resist steadfast in the faith. Resist that devil. Fight them back. Guard your children's hearts and guard your home. Don't let it come in the home. TV, other places. Don't let the thinking and the, the values and the philosophies and that junk come into your home. Resist steadfastly in the faith. You know what that requires? Commitment. Commitment to your role. The task given. The job. The assignment from our God. Stay committed to resisting to your role. The devil's devouring the world's infiltration into your home and the lives of your children. Be on guard. Now listen, this is what I know. The Bible says, be not weary in well-doing. 
You know why it says that? Because you and I can become weary in well-doing. It's possible. The, war, the, the Bible would not say it if it were not possible. Be not weary in well-doing. It can be wearisome at times. It can be tiresome. It can be hard work. It's underappreciated. It is continual. But what happens, and even the Old Testament speaks of this, what happens if the watchman on the wall neglects his duty for but one moment? The enemy can come in. There can be a place where they can infiltrate and so forth. So be on guard. Embrace your role as the guardians of the home. And my friends, God will bless your faithfulness. Where? In the lives of your children. In the lives of your children. I love that statement in the scriptures. They will rise up and call you blessed. Uh, You'll see that in their lives. Secondly, there's another aspect of this that I think is important. Number two, you must be fully aware that you set the tone and culture in your home. Guard it. Be fully aware, acknowledge the reality that you set the tone in the culture in your home. What, what does that mean to set the tone in culture? Well, you provide structure, no doubt, organization, routine, peace, a loving, welcoming environment. It's a place of comfort and so much more. Now, now listen, let's put it into perspective of the family unit, what God has designed. God has, has put the man as the head of the home, no doubt. He gives the direction. He has to lead But can I tell you, in my experience around moms, you are gifted and tremendously um, have great ability. You're you're adept at setting the tone in the culture in the home. Yeah, it it, it takes two. It takes a husband and a wife. Uh, It takes a father and a mother, no doubt. But man, mothers, you just set the tone in the culture. I've seen the last 20 years in our own home with Erica and the culture she said. I've seen it with my own mom when I was growing up. Just setting the culture in the tone within the home. You, moms, are the agent of setting the tone and culture uh, within the home as much as a father. Let's understand this morning. This is a simple truth, and I think history has borne it to be so or proven it to be. If more women in this nation would take their role as mothers seriously, as guardians of the home, if they would return their focus to the home like most of the mothers, if not all the mothers do in this room, can I just tell you right now, society would improve. Society would improve. Now, now again, let me say, we're on Mother's Day. Uh, we could say the exact same thing for fathers. But boy, if more moms in the United States of America would take their role seriously... And they would focus on the home. I'll tell you, society as a whole would improve. Would improve. Home is where all is learned. Life direction is made. It's discovered by children. Lasting relationships are formed from an early age. Children's, don't miss this, children's values, their personalities, uh, their beliefs, their character, and so much more are formed and molded within the walls of that home. From a biblical perspective, never forget that discipleship happens in the home from birth onward more than in any other place. You say, we even here at Fostoria Baptist Church, as a church, we have discipleship going on throughout the week and things like that. But I'm telling you, it does not happen here more than it does in homes, or it should. It's a place of discipleship, of growing and forming and such. Can I put it this way? Uh, When a mother 
assumes her role of guardian of the home by setting and protecting the tone and atmosphere of the home so that righteousness is taught, encouraged, and demonstrated, where love for God and one's neighbor flourishes and grows, where desire to put God first in anything and everything is fostered, while dying to self daily is encouraged, you have just fulfilled one of the most important roles anyone can be given here on earth. And I believe that with all my heart. Moms, when you do that, you say, okay, you know, today as I wake up, I have as a role as a guardian of the home. I'm not going to get tired. I'm not going to be worn out. I'm not going to neglect it. I'm not going to give in. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to throw in the towel. I'm going to embrace my God-given role because the outcome, the blessings, the reality of the, uh, the consequences can be great. And God's going to help you every step of the way. We'll see that here in a moment. See, your family will be established and strengthened in a way that can never happen any place on earth. Do not listen to the world. There is no replacement for a good home. Where there's a mother and there's a father and there's a loving family atmosphere, culture, tone. Can't be replaced. I was reading and I thought it was a good analogy. There was a pastor who was in a suburbia kind of area, and he was commenting how that at one time he went and sat down in a restaurant, and attached to the restaurant was a bar and so forth. And in the city, when the time uh, of the work day was over, he saw all of these uh, these um, uh, people who worked nine to five, all of these uh, professionals and so forth, and they would come into that bar, and uh, they would drink, they would mingle, they would fellowship, and literally what he saw going on was, wait a second, uh, what is happening at that bar was viewed to replace home they'd come in they'd ask each other how their day was they'd come in and they they talk about what was going on in their lives among drinks and 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 there was no commitment there was no connection outside of those things and all of the things that ought to have been happening at home were happening there now can i tell you that is a counterfeit replacement boy the world will seek for it everywhere but where we ought to My friend, the same God that created the church created the family. And he has roles and responsibilities to be fulfilled in there. But you know what else? Just like the church and just like even government, God has something that only the family can do, the home, that only the family can produce. And it takes moms and dads who embrace their role as guardians of the home to establish that. You know what the the old (laughs) saying is what? Home is where the heart is it's true isn't it i I don't think you get any more true than that you see friend mother father you you guard that atmosphere of the dwelling you thereby guard the hearts of the ones you love you are important to the health of the home and can i just say this by extension you are important to the health of the church you are important to the health of the nation you are important to, to every aspect of society Never, 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 never underestimate your importance in influencing others. Your children. The impact that you can have for the kingdom of God. I say thank you for what you do, for your diligence in doing it, but don't stop. Guard the atmosphere and the culture, the tone of your home. Number three, and our last point of encouragement, if I might put it as such, is simply this. You must guard your home by proactively infusing Jesus Christ into your family life. 
Man, today we hear so much about infusers, things that are infused and so forth. We have water that's infused with all kinds of flavors. We have other kinds of drinks that are infused with other kinds of flavors and, and so forth. We even have air that is infused with certain uh, scents and smells and things like that. that uh, we have water that's infused with vitamins. We have food that's infused with vitamins and so forth. What does the word infused mean? Well, by its basic definition, it just means this, to put into or to fill or cause to be filled with something. I like that. You see, as the keeper of the home, and one of the things that is entailed in that guardianship, if we might describe it as such, you are called to infuse that atmosphere of the home, your family, with Jesus Christ. You see, every day the family lives together, it needs the presence of Jesus Christ. It needs the focus to be on him, his teaching, everything that he has said and done and instructed. Uh, it's through embracing Jesus Christ and his teachings that a family, don't miss this, learns to forgive. It's through infusing Jesus Christ that a family learns how to share meaningfully with others. Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Learns how to accept others by being accepted themselves. They learns how to love. What is love? Well, Jesus Christ teaches us that. To show kindness, to die to self, to not be selfish but self-giving. And learns how to build up and encourage others while trusting others to do so to them. When you infuse Jesus Christ, there's so much that comes with that. Saw an advertisement somewhere. They were uh, trying to sell a water bottle. And the water bottle had a flavor infuser in the middle of it. And so when you filled it with water, they had this thing that you, you tighten it and so forth. But here's what's a, what was kind of interesting about it it had a dial, okay? It had a dial that you could change how much flavor is infused into the water. So if you liked a lot of flavor, less like water, more like that, uh, fruit or whatever, you just turn the dial and more comes into that. And I thought about that. and really got me thinking. Now, moms, don't miss this. You control the dial. In the home, you often have your hand on the dial to say, okay, how much is Jesus Christ going to be infused into this home? How much are we going to stop at the door, the world and Satan and the flesh? We're not going to let that in here. We're going to deal with that. We're going to confront it. We're going to correct it. We're going to instruct in righteousness. We're going to make sure that Jesus Christ is infused. How much does that happen? Boy, moms, I can't tell you. I, I can just tell you from experience and working here at church and other secular jobs, it sure is easy to get caught up with busyness that we forget the most important thing. And moms, can I tell you right now, the greatest thing that you can do in your, your family is to infuse Jesus Christ into their hearts. Make it be filled with Christ. His teachings, his ways, his heart. You decide how much of Jesus Christ is infused into the home and the hearts of your children. You can also control the dial of how much worldly and outside influences are infused into your home. You guard against that. And fathers, I would certainly say the same thing to you. Is both a great responsibility and privilege. Guard that dial closely. Make sure that you find ways to regularly help Christ and his values, his teaching, his ways to be infused into your home. I mean, I'm thankful. I'll just tell you, I'm thankful for the mothers that do that. I think we have many here. Uh, Erica has done a tremendous job uh, directing that and guiding that, encouraging family devotions, encouraging those things. My mom did it when I was growing up. Many moms do it here. Don't stop. Keep it up. Your children need to 
have Christ infused into their hearts and in your home from your hand. Can I encourage you? The task is big, yes. The call is great. But who will do it if you don't? Hey, I am thankful for Christian education. I'm thankful for Christian schools. But Christian schools are not the family. I'm sick and tired of Christians who expect a Christian school to fulfill what's supposed to be done at home. It's not right. Now listen to me. The church is not the family. Oh, it's here to support and to help the family. But the church cannot replace what you are to do at home, mom and dad. Sorry. This is God's plan. This is how God worked it out. Now, I'll tell you, you put those three things together, where a Christian school and a church is encouraging, supporting, and helping a family, you have a recipe for great success. Great success. But we can't neglect them. Moms and dads, you and I have got to be the ones who exalt righteousness in our homes. We train in the ways of the Lord. We promote morality and kindness. We, we correct often worldly and fleshly actions and thinking. We infuse love and peace and godliness. It is our calling. It is our responsibilities. And so moms, could I encourage you? Embrace it today. Dads, would you embrace it today? Would you take away three things if I would just boil it down in today's takeaways? It'd be this, in addition to knowing that you are greatly loved and appreciated, simply this. Number one, know your scriptural role as a guardian of the home. Knowledge and understanding. First thing says, okay, wow, there is a great responsibility. God established the family, and I have a great role. I'm supposed to be a keeper at home. I'm supposed to guard the dwelling. I am supposed to be the one that protects it. So know that, how it's biblically defined and described, that role. Number two, commit to your scriptural role as a guardian of the home. It's a personal decision. So, so moms, again, many of you have already done these things, are doing them. Commit to it. Commit tomorrow morning. You wake up Monday morning, commit to it. God, this is my role. Help me to do that well today. I'm going to commit to my role as a guardian of the home. And, and I think that's where this comes in. Okay? Number three, remain steadfast to your scriptural role as a guardian of the home. Uh, it's supernatural faithfulness. Can I tell you, as a father, as a mother, we will not be able to do these things unless God enables us to fulfill it. Satan is strong. He's subtle. He, he calls for our vigilance and our reliance on God. I love uh, Pastor Tony in our visitation meeting yesterday shared 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 24. It simply says this, Faithful is he that calleth you who will also do it. Moms, can I tell you, as you and I are called as fathers and mothers and mothers today, as we talk about you, as you're called to be a guardian of the home in these ways, you're like, man, this is a 24-7 job. This is a wearisome job. Yes, but aren't you thankful you have the grace of God that can keep you going? Rely on it. Faithful is he that calleth you. And what will he do? He'll do it. He'll enable you. He'll strengthen you because he is the one that said, my grace is sufficient for you. Any role, any task. And this is where it applies to all of us. We all have roles and tasks, ministries that God has given us. And we might start to think it's not that important. No one appreciates it. No one's thankful for it. My friend, I can't do this. And I'm, I, I can't. Faithful is he who calleth you and will do it. So remain steadfast. I love what 
Proverbs chapter 24, and I think this is credit. Mom, this is credit to you. Well, Proverbs chapter 24 and says here uh, in verses 3 and 4, through wisdom is a house builder. I think of that as the knowledge. I know my role I, as the guardian of the home. As a mom, I'm going to pr- uh, protect it. I'm going to guard, ag- guard it against the infiltration of the world, the devouring of, of Satan. By understanding, it is established. And I kind of picture that as understanding your role and fulfilling it. And by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Man, aren't you thankful today? Hey, child, child of all ages, Aren't you thankful today that you had a mother who filled your home with all precious and pleasant riches? Through, through her protection, her guardianship, her, her constant, now listen to me, we'll call, sometimes call it nagging, her constant encouragement to do right, work ethic, clean up after yourselves, chew with your mouth closed, I want you to get married someday. You know, the constant stuff. Read your Bible. Get up early on time. Moms are there. And I'll tell you, this verse, man, they're filling it with precious treasures and riches. If you have that kind of mother today, can I encourage you? You encourage her. Be thankful for her. And moms, what I just encourage you today, keep on keeping on. Be the guardians of the home, and God will bless you for it. Father, we thank you for your word. I'm grateful for these truths that speak to all of us on some level. And yet, Father, for our mothers today, we are so eternally grateful for them. Father, the, the wives that we have here today that, um, uh, of us as husbands who are the mother of our children, thank you for them and their diligence, their vigilance in these things. And my, my prayer, Lord, today is that you would encourage them but also give them great grace. Help them to see the importance of their role Help them to be encouraged that they are fulfilling things biblically. And then, Father, I pray where they feel maybe like they're slipping or they haven't given it their due diligence, would you encourage them in that? Give them the grace to fulfill this role in every way possible. And, Father, we pray your hand of blessing upon every mother who is faithfully, faithfully guarding the home and the hearts of their children. Father, I pray that it would be an encouragement to all of us today. May we be yielded. May we be open to the reality of the role and the call that you've placed upon our life. May we be faithful to it. And Lord, I pray that you give us the grace. May we lean and call for that grace to do what you've called us to do. Father, I'm grateful that you've given us mothers. I'm grateful that they play such an important role in the formation of who we are. Father, bless each one. Now, bless in this invitation. I pray you'd encourage hearts as we do business with you. We take what you've taught us this morning and apply it. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I ask you to join me in standing all across the auditorium. Piano begins to play. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I'd encourage you to do business with everyone.